It's not a product, it's a technology. It's an education challenge. A regenerative suspension? There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Tom Tiger. Innovation in the financing space. The high-speed train is in all our interests. All political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. Solar window in a can. Beyond Zero. Global warming science, solutions and action. Taking it to a do-it-yourself level. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Beyond Zero show. We're coming to you from the studios of 3CR Melbourne, syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast on the internet at bze.org.au and 3cr.org.au. My name's Natalie Bucknell and I'm joined today by my co-hosts Michael Steindl and Kay Wenigal. G'day guys. Hi Nat. Over the last few weeks, we've been speaking to a number of CEOs from startup companies. So you might have heard either on air or on our podcast interviews with Uprise Energy, Energy Tech Ventures and Oxto Energy. They've been part of a program in the last three months called Startup Bootcamp Melbourne. Today we're speaking to one of the co-founders and mentors and managing director of Startup Bootcamp, Trevor Townsend, and the program director, Richard Selm. Hi, gentlemen. Welcome to the program. Hi, and uh, thanks for having us on today. Hi, great to be here. So perhaps if we start off with a question to Trevor. Trevor, can you give us a bit of an explanation about Startup Bootcamp? Sure. How it started. Yeah, so Startup Bootcamp's a global innovation network where our mission is to help founders scale their businesses. And we help them scale their business by connecting them with the relevant mentors, investors, and corporate partners. We do this globally, so we run 21 programs around the world, and we do that in industry themes. And here in Melbourne, we run a smart energy program where we connect all the energy experts we can find with some international startups to help create a smart energy ecosystem here in Melbourne. So how is this program eventuated, Trevor? This is the first of its kind for the Melbourne program, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So Richard and I, um, as entrepreneurs ourselves, really started off with a blank sheet of paper. I had a vision of bringing Startup Bootcamp uh, to Australia. I was fortunate enough to uh, find Richard had worked on the program over in London and uh, Richard uh, moved back to to Melbourne and uh, when we got together, uh, we we had more than a blank sheet of paper then, and uh, we went out and started to- talking to corporates who would be able to work with us on the program and mentors who'd be interested in in bringing the program together. It took us around twelve months to get the program together to get enough funding to to launch, and we launched in August last year with Energy Australia and Spotless as our major corporate partners, with some great help from the state government through the Launch Vic program, who provided us seed funding uh, to get the program up and running. Okay, so it's a, it's a big organisation that you've set up with a lot of different players involved. Um, can we backtrack a little bit and talk about on the global scene, what's Startup Bootcamp's history been? Yeah, like sure, that? sure. So Startup Bootcamp was founded in 2010 uh, by four individuals, two, two in Copenhagen and uh, two in Amsterdam. And they had a vision to bring what was happening in the US with tech, start, uh, tech startups into Europe. Um, so they, they worked very uh, uh, closely with um, the, the US counterparts, but the US guys were far too busy doing, focused on the US. 
So they gave them all the material, the recipe on how to do this, and thus Startup Bootcamp was was born in 2010, starting off with one program uh, in really just in the uh, well in the e-commerce area. Um, since then, over ten um, the last eight years, we've expanded. Um, now we run programs in 14 countries around the world. Uh, 22 programs are running. We're on every single continent now. We run something like 500 startup events a year uh, globally. Uh-huh. We we touch, I think, in the order of about 15,000 startups every year. We interact with them. So we had this fantastic network that we've built over the last um, eight years. But we still consider ourselves a startup. We're still learning in this field and we're still um, <clears throat> moving forward uh, to generate what does this new ecosystem look like because this is about the future of work about the way people work in in this century uh, which is quite different you don't just get a job these days at a big accounting firm and stay there for your whole life right people are need these days the entrepreneurs or most people need to create their own work you need the entrepreneurs but fortunately now um, with Startup Bootcamp and a lot of other organisations like us, uh, we help people. We give them a lot of help and assistance to actually get their business up and running. Okay, so that's probably a good point to bring Richard in and um, hear a little bit about what sort of help and assistance you give the, the startups. So, Richard, what does the program consist of? Yeah, sure. So um, there's a selection piece to begin with, um, but once we've, once we've selected the programs, we, um, once we've selected the startups, we bring them to Australia. Um, the program itself lasts for three months. Um, the first month's really um, about shaping, so they've got an idea of what, um, you know, like... Um, uh, they've normally got a technology or something similar. They've got an idea of who their customers are, but they haven't got what we call product market fit quite yet. Um, and the reason why they haven't got that is because they're, you know, like if they did, they'd be they'd be out there selling. They wouldn't be talking to us. Um, so what we, we do is we look at them, we look at the team, and we see that there's a lot of potential there. And we know that if we surround them by the right types of people um, that can give them that expert advice, that we, you know, we've got a good chance of helping them succeed. And I guess that's probably in that first month, that shape month, we're really testing a lot of those assumptions. They're, we call them riskiest assumptions around their business model. And so they'll, they'll be coming up with new ideas. And generally speaking, it might take them you know six weeks or, or two months to, meet, to, to go and test that idea with the right person within a large corporate who's an expert in that space. Um, the real difference with this program is we can get them in front of that person sometimes same same day in, in terms of a telephone call or at worst, you know, like a couple of days later. And so through the iterative process, whilst they're testing and learning, you can imagine being able to see the right person at the right time within days just speeds up the whole process tremendously. So in that first month, they come up with something where, you know, like a group of experts all, all together think, yeah, this is, a, this is a great idea. The second month is how do we test that idea? So, you know, like we think it's a good idea, but until customers actually buy it, um, we don't know. So we, we design tests in which customers can, can either buy it or we, we run a pilot within the, within the corporate itself. And then once we've got the results of that, we call them you know, metrics, um, non-vanity metrics. Um, so these are sales, you know, like either, either live sales or, or um, you know, data points from a, from a pilot. Um, then the last month is really about what we call selling. So it's either selling that story to an investor so they get enough money so that they can continue on their journey for 18 months, two years to see whether this is a great idea. Or, you know, they're in a position and they've got cash coming in from, from live projects within corporates. So it's like, who, who else can we sell this to? Um, what other corporates, what other industries outside the one we're working in has this has this project got potential for? 
There are a number of accelerator organisations around the world already. What differentiates yours from the others? Oh, so Startup Bootcamp is really differ- differentiated by our scope, really. Because we bring international startups into Australia, it's quite different in terms of the outcomes that we get. So just some numbers when we recruited for our current energy program, we contacted 2,000 startups globally. Richard and I uh, met over 300 of those. We did a 28-well tour, a lot of fun. Met a lot of fantastic people for a lot of uh, really interesting ideas from that. We subsequently got 469 applications for our program. And then we invited 20, the top 20, to Australia. And they were from 17 countries. They flew here at their own cost uh, to try and get involved in the program and to also hear from the mentors here. Um, we ended up uh, selecting 10, which is the number we put in, in, in the program, and um, we have uh, eight countries represented in, in those 10. So that, that's quite different to what any other accelerators are doing in this marketplace. We see that's really important because it creates diversity, diversity in thought. Um, so, you know, we have, um, you know, we have eight countries, um, you know, represented, represented and, you know, Diversity is really the seed of innovation, different thinking and so forth. And uh, the Harvard Business Review talk about that, uh, you know, companies that, that um, embrace two-dimensional diversity have a 45% chance of getting year-on-year growth and a 70% chance of finding new business models. Mm-hmm. And we're about helping companies, both the startups but also the corporates we work with, discover new business models. So as the energy market changes, the way the business model is around the energy market also changes and needs to change. Um, so we need a lot of different diverse thinking to actually come up with what the future looks like. And it's not just the best in Melbourne that can do that. We try and get the best in the world here to Melbourne, working with some great people locally um, to, um, you know, to get those solutions. So obviously we're the BZE program and we're concerned about climate change and climate action. Is there a strong um, presence in your, your startup selection for people working in that area? We've, we've interviewed three of them, obviously, but are you, are you finding that's a main theme? So we go out and we recruit on themes. So the th- themes that we went out globally uh, to look for was better energy usage. So that's everything from energy efficiency, uh, <coughs> sorry, um, That's everything from energy efficiency, educating the customer about energy use and getting them more thinking about their energy, and technology which helps with things like demand shedding and and things of that nature. The second theme we went out with was grid independence. How can people disconnect from the grid? How can they be self-sufficient? Now, aside from them plugging in a diesel generator, which I'm sure is is not well-breaking tech anyway, Um, most solutions around grid independence are going to be high-tech. They're going to be a combination of software and new clean tech. And then the last piece we went out with was uh, advanced technologies, so things like blockchain, artificial intelligence and so forth that can be applied to the energy industry to create efficiencies, to get some of the costs out of the infrastructure, to make the people who are providing the energy more efficient, so therefore ending up with lower prices for the consumers 
um, which is, you know, I think helps us drive towards the, the clean energy future. So I can understand the block. One of your prime backers is NG Australia. Um, I can understand the blockchain stuff being interesting to them, but the uh, second one you mentioned about disconnecting from the grid, that would be anathema to them, wouldn't it? Yeah, so prima facie, you would think so. Um, but if you, if you think it through, people will be disconnecting from the grid. So somebody like Energy Australia, they have 2 million customers. If they start disconnecting to the, from the grid, how could they retain them as a customer? What kind mm-hmm. of services could they provide to those people as they moved off the grid? Mm-hmm. If they actively help them move off the grid with services that people want, that services that are relevant for the consumers, they will retain those customers. And if they're aggressive in this idea, and if they're really forward-thinking, they'll be acquiring the other retailers' customers with, with the mm-hmm. new clean energy solutions. Okay. So they won't be losing customers if they do this well. They'll actually be gaining customers. Just a, a question, on, a quick question. Why would everybody come to Melbourne for something like this? It's a long way. It's a very long way to come to <laughs> Melbourne. And everybody we talk to says, wow, <laughs> this sounds really interesting, but uh, Melbourne's a, a long, long way, right? Um, so there's two reasons how we've got them um, to Melbourne. So one is the energy market here is in massive disruption. So a lot of change. We've got the highest solar PV um, implementation in the world at the household level. Melbourne, uh, Victoria's got the highest smart meter implementation. Uh, we've got problems at the grid level in terms of with all these renewables coming in. We've seen what South Australia did with um, Tesla and Elon Musk with the, the massive battery thing. So Australia is on the world map in terms of energy and, and uh, what's happening in the energy market. So we say to these startups globally, if you want to be in the epicentre where this clean energy change is disrupting the whole industry, come here and learn because this is going to happen globally. And if you understand how this happens and how your business can add value in, in that changing market, then you'll have a global market. Secondly, it's really about our corporate partners who are involved in the program, Energy Australia and Spotless Downer. So we give access to a very young startups to those large organisations who are committed to doing projects with them, to spending their time and their knowledge to help them advance their business. So the combination of those two things, the market and then the support we give them, and and also we're a mentor-driven program. So we have 200 mentors here working on the program, uh, helping the startups, and 100 of those would be energy market experts. So they get such great advice, and we talk them through the mentors that will be available to them. And in the three months they've been here, I was counting up the numbers the other day, there's been over 1,200 meetings that have occurred in, mm-hmm. in the three-month period. So a massive amount of interaction between the startups, the corporate partners and the mentors during this uh, three-month period. That's very significant amount of interactions. Um, listeners, if you've just joined us, we're talking to Trevor Townsend and Richard Selm from their startup bootcamp Melbourne. Um, Richard, perhaps you could tell us a little bit more about, if we're talking about all these mentors involved, um, obviously a lot of different organisations and individuals involved. What are we, And we've talked a bit about some of the benefits of your major, to your major sponsors and benefits to 
their startup participants. What about the benefits to to these other people and and to yourselves? How does that all work to to make the program? Yeah, run? so um, this is benefits to mentors is a really interesting subject, and it's a little bit counterintuitive actually. Um, I was involved in one of the largest angel networks in um, in Europe, or the largest angel network in Europe. I used to do training um, and uh, events with them. And we ran surveys on like why people get involved in angel networks. And actually, we've run surveys as well as to why mentors mentor on the program. And the number one consistent reason across both angel networks and also um, mentor networks within our, our organization is to have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Isn't this meant to be a really cutthroat industry? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, and, so it's, it, and that's why it's counterintuitive because you think if someone's going to invest their time or if someone's going to invest their money, the thing that they want to get back is money. Um, but actually, that's not the number one reason why they want to get involved. So if, if you think about it, like they're normally um, a little bit older, you know, like our, the normal profile is a little bit older, not, not all of them, but um, most of them. And, you know, like they've been around and, and seen things. And what the reason why they have fun is because they're engaging with someone, um, you know, 15, often younger, normal stereotype, who's doing some amazing things with technology that they're not aware of. Often, like we'll have meetings, and this is one of the great things about recruiting as well, is we meet all these young people from all around the world doing things that you've never even heard of before. Um, and you learn as much from them as they learn from you. So whilst, you know, for most mentors, they're learning about the technology and what's possible and everything else from the startup, what the startup's learning is, you know, like the basic sort of building blocks of running a business, building a business, um, scaling, selling, like all those things that our mentors have learned over sort of 10, 15, 20 or 30 years worth of experience. So the, the biggest benefit they, they get is a two-way learning process, but the most enjoyable thing is fun, Yeah. So how does your business run? What's the financial building block? So the financial uh, of the business is our corporate partners um, provide our operational uh, costs, the money to run the, the program. And so why would they do that? Um, um, and aside from the fun aspect, really, um, th- these corporations are looking at disruption. They're looking at disruption in their industry, and I was talking about that just before. So there's a lot of solutions out in the market now. We call them sort of a Horizon One uh, solutions, new things that they can buy in. But what they're really interested in is what Horizon Two and Horizon Three innovation. What is coming down the line, which is going to disrupt their business in three, five, seven years' time? How can they get to understand that, and how can they start to plan for it? How can they start to experiment with those with with that technology or that way of going to business with their with their customers or internally to see whether or not um, that business model could apply to them. They want to understand the, how, how they may be disrupted. They want to serve their customers better by bringing new solutions into the market and so forth. But secondly, um, they want to learn about innovation. So every organisation started off with an entrepreneur or two starting the organisation. But a large organisation is, is, is really in kind of operational mode. They're big organisations serving the customer in a big way. They've lost their way with innovation. Um, but what we see, the stats now, you know, 40, 50% of the companies that are, you know, in the top 10 today won't exist in 10 years' time. And that's been shown time and time again. So unless they relearn how to innovate and relearn how to bring innovation from the great people within the corporates, within their own organisation, and energise them to think about doing things differently, 
um, they will they will not succeed. So what we do is in working with the corporates is we re-teach them innovation and they get that from us, from working with the mentors and working with the startups. So it's about thinking about new ways of working, thinking about ideas like lean startup. How can you try a business idea without spending millions of dollars Mm. to work out whether or not it's viable? And, you know, we teach those techniques both to our corporates um, and, and to the startups that we're working with. So those key benefits um, are what then the corporates provide us with the money to run the program. Um, we do it as investors as well. So Richard and I uh, invest in startups um, and the startups uh, give us equity for joining the program um, and then we follow on invest into the startups uh, post that. Um, startups need capital to um, to survive, and a big part of the program as well is introducing the startups to our investor network uh, and investors more broadly, so that they can get the capital they need to pursue their dreams and to get these solutions into the market. So an, an interesting impact seems to having spoken to a few of the startups, some of them are now considering setting up offices in Australia or in Melbourne. Was that an intention of the program? We knew from our global statistics that uh, typically half of the startups or 50% that come to a a location uh, will set up their office there and move their their head office to that market. Um, So, you know, we're... Obviously, um, happy that that's happening in this in this program. For us, it's about ecosystem building as well. So having those startups moving to Melbourne um, and um, strengthening the clean energy, clean tech uh, environment here is is a really positive thing because that that creates a much better environment for the local startups because there's people in there. The markets get seen as a place for clean energy. Um, and they'll have more chance of success as well. I understand um, one of you was in uh, Beijing recently and uh, experienced um, r- firsthand how these transformations happen much faster than you think after taking much longer to arrive than you think. Yes, yeah, so I was um, up in um, in China uh, during our recruitment for this campaign and I was standing at um, the traffic lights and there was about 200 motorcycles there and the lights went green and the motorbikes took off, and I didn't hear anything. 95% of them were electric motorbikes. <laughs> and that was just amazing from when I'd been there uh, two years uh, prior to that. So, of course, I started doing a bit of a count and so forth, and I was amazed at the transformation. So we here we talk a lot about you know electric vehicles coming into the market. <laughs> um, unfortunately, well, everybody but the government does. <laughs> correct, and we're lagging. Right, we are very much lagging the rest of the world. So we see ourselves as you know forward thinking on on the edge. I think we have something like five thousand electric vehicles yes. in Australia. Right, that's atrocious. Come on, we can do much better than that. Um, so we'll be working and looking at that theme on our next recruitment about how we can help bring the EV charging infrastructure into the market a hell of a lot quicker than it's happening now. Another comment you made just before the program was that energy prices were going to come down, the marginal costs were going to head towards zero. Can you explain that a little bit better? Yes, certainly. Well, I hope I can explain it a little bit better. But I think, um, you know, with all the clean energy, with with PV, um, with other forms, biomass and all of that, 
I, I think we'll end up with as, as much energy or more energy than, than we, could, we can ever use. Um, so what that'll be like, it'll be like the, our mobile phones, where the marginal cost of, of being connected is close to, close to zero now. Mm. That's completely changed the way we live our lives. Um, and we're all, we're all connected and we're all tethered the whole time and we enjoy and hate it in, in, in different yeah. ways. So we don't know what the future will look like when the marginal cost of energy is near, near to zero, um, but it will be software-driven. It'll be creating these new opportunities that we just did not know existed. And, you know, we don't have to look too far forward until we get, get to that point where we've got so, enough solar PV on our house, we have a battery, we have our electric vehicle in there that's both charging and discharging and so forth. So at home... As long we as we're on the grid, that's good. Yeah, or we don't even need to potentially be on the grid because we'll have smart enough technology there. Um, so we'll be able to put anything in our house that, that uh, uses energy, right? Um, so we may have our own 3D printing shop in there, um, chugging away as a little manufacturer. We could do many things because it's not costing us money to do so. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time today and, and for your work in bringing all these great energy startup initiatives to, to Melbourne. Thanks for having us on. It's been a great pleasure. Yeah, thanks very much. We've been speaking to Trevor Townsend and Richard Selm from Startup Bootcamp Australia. You can find out more by Googling Startup Bootcamp. The Beyond Zero show is brought to you by the climate change solutions think tank Beyond Zero Emissions and is recorded in the studios of 3CR Melbourne and syndicated around Australia on the community radio network. And if you want to listen to this show or any of the others we've done, you can go to bze.org.au and click on podcasts. If you enjoy the program, and we've certainly been enjoying it today, please donate to help cover airtime costs and keep us on the air. So go to the BZE website and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to you joining us again next week. Beyond Zero Emissions is an internationally recognised climate solutions think tank that is focused on solutions, not problems. Become part of the solution by becoming a monthly base load supporter. Go to www.bze.org.au to find out more. bze.org.au You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.